What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's business. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, your horror safe haven. I'm Chelsea. And I'm James, and we're engaged, and we like to get scurred together. We like to talk about the film Malignant together. Malignant! I am very excited to talk about this. People have been nonstop requesting this since it came out. As soon as it came out, people were like, we need to hear your thoughts on Malignant. I'm shocked I didn't get it spoiled. I had to leave Twitter for about a week. We did shut it down. everyone kept tweeting at me about it. And I got scared I would get it ruined. I even stopped reading YouTube comments, which is like kind of just my lifeline in, yeah. throughout my day. I am constantly reading YouTube comments. I stopped because I saw one person say malignant and I just X'd out of it. Yeah. You know, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Because we didn't want it spoiled. And let me say, you you don't want this movie spoiled. Oh, I yeah. promise. It is... I guess, well, okay, so non-spoilery first, like we tend to do with a new release. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. This movie is, <laughs> okay, I'm not the first person to observe this, but it, so it's it's written and directed by James Wan. He wrote it too, right? Uh, James Wan? Let's see. That's why. That's exactly why we have these little Wikipedia articles. No, it's by Akella Cooper, based he, on an original story by Wan. So he had. He okay, was so he did story by. In the okay, I see. So mm-hmm. it's a little. It's like a Tim Burton. He did the like Nightmare Before Christmas because he he was like story by and then. Story by but Juan directed this. Burton did not direct. Oh yeah. Yeah. So just kidding. I don't know why we keep bringing up and then it doesn't apply. <laughs> We've gotten it wrong twice. <laughs> okay. So yes, James Wan. This movie feels like James Wan knowing how much money he has made Warner Brothers, <laughs> like Aquaman, all of those conjure, like all the just, fucking like, conjuring. He's he's, yep. he's had such a run of successful movies huge movies yes movies that made bank and this was his kind of shoot your shot movie of okay i look at all the stuff i've done for you just give me a budget and don't even tell me what i can't don't tell me what i can and can't do (laughs) and warner brothers said okie dokie and he just made the whatever he felt like making and it's awesome yeah here's the thing this movie, long ago, back before anyone saw a single image from it, was like, James Wan is making a Giallo yeah. film. Yeah, keep That's- freaking out. I'm freaking out. Yeah. Like, I I was so excited that, that like, just that concept, yes, into a, I, I like the idea that we're even talking about Giallo. And Giallo is something that, you know, on the Kill Count, I've talked about briefly with the Bay of Blood. We haven't had our devoted episode on the podcast yes, yet. Yes, which we're going to do. Mm-hmm. I had people asking me about that also. And I had yeah. some people thinking, oh, is, is Joe Lynch going to show up on the Malignant episode? And um, Joe's not here. Joe's not here. We're, we'll talk a little bit about Giallo. I don't want to talk too much about it because, yeah, we're going to do a devoted episode with Joe, who is yeah. a huge Giallo fan. But basically, it's a crime uh no yeah from italy that was most prominent in the 70s it's a weird thing because giallo so it's that's the italian word for yellow 
and it's it's named that because there were like these crime paperback books that were sold in drugstores that had like yellow covers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's where the word where it's like pulpy crime. Um, but the thing is, is it's hard to define giallo because as much as like I feel like there's not. Um, I feel like every rule can be broken a little bit. It's it's almost it's it's like you know how they say like. Like it, it's like porn where you know it if you see it, but yeah. how do you define it kind of thing? Giallo is, is a little bit hard to define, but I would say like essentially, and not always, yeah, it's kind of crime. Um, it, it's a whodunit usually. There's usually, a yeah. there's a murderer and the identity of the murderer is revealed by the end. It's very, uh, I would say often pretty campy. The I think a hallmark of them is that they exist in these worlds where no one feels real. Like everything feels a little off. (laughs) Like the character's motivations are weird. The sense of realism is weird. Like the stakes, it almost is, it's like hard to get a a footing on like how serious or not this movie is. They're super weird and they exist in such a weird space. Uh, Very colorful, um, weird scores. Like music is a very big part of, of Giallo. And if you're a fan of dead meat and you get most of your horror consumption through dead meat, you haven't really been exposed to a pure giallo film. No. We haven't covered any on the podcast. And with the kill count, we've kind of orbited it with a Bay of Blood, which is like a giallo, but also a slasher. Pieces, which Pieces is, is kind good. of giallo, but also like a, uh, 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 not a splatter. Uh, Jello splatter. Pieces is such a good example of what I'm talking about, where it's like, what is the tone of this? And yeah. everyone in this is weird. Yeah, but Pieces came so later and was like, yeah, it's, it's like Giallo elements, but with this weird splatter. It has, it's thing. definitely inspired. Mm-hmm. And then Suspiria is also not Giallo, even though it's it was not made a, by a Giallo filmmaker. Yeah, I wouldn't say Suspiria is a Giallo. I, I'm, I never it's correct. Like Giallo I never correct anyone if they say it is because like it but like, shares Suspiria a lot is too of supernatural for Giallo. There Giallo's can be supernatural in Giallo. Um, it's it's not always, but it's not against the rules. Again, it's such a weird genre. So yeah. you know, if you want to argue Suspiria is a Giallo, I'm not gonna like. But I feel like a Giallo more so. It's a bit more like murder mystery. Yeah, for sure. And like, so so Deep Red, which yeah. is like an obvious pick for a- That I, is I, I fucking Giallo. love Deep Red. It's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite horror movies. Definitely in my top 10. It's another Argento movie. Um, that is like pure Giallo. Um, Here's the thing though. Malignant, it's not really a Giallo film. It kind of is though. It kind of is, but I'd say that it is equal parts giallo and then equal parts like hen and lotter yeah it reminded me of like a weird 80s it, it was even the first few minutes it, i think i turned to you and i was like this feels like something i haven't seen in years in a horror release this feels like i'm watching um some random dvd that we just decided to watch from like the 80s that was maybe even like a straight to video and or i we mean were that in a good shutter, way and we're like what's yes, this random thing like a random shutter because here's the thing okay it's made by james wan who made saw insidious the conjuring huge horror franchises and you know what to expect from them especially with the conjuring which is this big mainstream horror film with kind of a formula to it and just at least a style to it yeah. that you have come to expect. There is some of that style in Malignant, but the thing is, 
that it was being advertised as like from the creator of The Conjuring. <laughs> and I don't watch trailers. I intentionally avoid them. But it sounded like the people who did watch the trailers and saw the advertising for that this movie. That is fucking scary. That they were led astray. <laughs> Dude, and that totally. this movie was not what they expected. <laughs> yeah. Because here's the thing with Malignant. And we can only be spoiler free for so long. But it is a dumb fucking movie. It's really stupid. And I mean that in the best way in the possible. Best I think possible that is such a, a that is why I love this movie. It's dumb and it knows it. It knows it's so fucking because, stupid. Well, it's because I think James Wan understands what makes Giallo so weird and special. And he takes that weirdness and kind of dumbness and puts it into this. Like it, it shares so much of the same tone and confusion over like what the fuck is are any of these people and like what's anyone's motivation what the fuck's happening um why is this dialogue the way it is why is this music score here it's it doesn't make any sense and also just down to the fact that like you know it's almost kind of a a, a the stereotypical image of a giallo but down to the fact that we have a killer who's wearing a black coat black gloves and using a knife. It's I feel like it's either usually either like a knife or a, a grot is the mm -hmm. the giallo killer trademark. Yeah. I we saw someone who I wonder if we can find that picture. We took a picture with someone at a convention whose cosplay they were dressed in a, a trench black trench coat, black gloves and had they were holding a grot and they had a sign that was it just said every giallo killer. <laughs> yeah. We took a picture with them. But, but yeah, that, I think that's all I can say about it without ruining it's it. It's basically all we can say. Uh, it's a woman who is, I don't even want to. Yeah, just I, go watch I would it. say if you want to just have a good, dumb, fun time, check this out. Don't go into this expecting a serious don't do horror it. movie. This I don't think this movie is trying to scare anyone. It's just having fun. I don't know. Yeah, if you're watching it and you're like, wow. This acting seems bad, and this movie Correct. seems dumb. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Fucking buckle up and enjoy it, because it's only going to get dumber and better as it goes on, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, I think that's... I'll leave you with this. Okay. I complain all the time on this <laughs> podcast about how I hate when movie when, when a horror movie especially tries to do the, let's make a bad movie on purpose yes. thing. I find 99% of the time that doesn't work. The thing that's fun about a bad horror movie is the people who are making it maybe don't realize it's stupid and it's like a very sincere attempt and it's bad and then it comes back around to just being really good and enjoyable. This is honestly one of the only attempts of making a, let's just a weird, cheesy, stupid horror that works. Well, it, it's like how I said with Hen and Lauder. He, Hen you know, he didn't think basket case was a good movie that's he true knew yeah. what he was making yeah but it's successful because it's still earnest and and it, the tone is just right the tone it's hard to describe but the tone is just right there's a handful of of filmmakers and movies that i think really do that well it's i think it's so hard and i think it doesn't get enough credit i'd say the one that uh is the most on the line for me as to whether or not it's aware of what it is is sleepaway camp i was gonna say sleepaway camp it's like do you know sleepaway camp do you know what you are you might or were you trying to just make a horror movie because if i remember the guy who made it uh i made that episode a while ago but like i don't think he ever tipped his hat that like he knew what he was making i think he just really sincerely wanted to make a summer camp slasher yeah but wound up with Sleepaway Camp. Right, right. Uh, which is one of our favorites. Yeah. So that's all I'll say. 
It does that. It just, this movie does it. Amazing. Pulled it off. It's yeah. It's so fucking dumb and fun mm-hmm. and dumb and fun, man. Dumb and fun. Yeah. All right, let's get to spoilers. Spoilers. Hope you already watched it. It's on HBO Plus, HBO Max, whatever the fuck. I just feel like, you know, this also is such a uh, breath of fresh air in the middle of like, I feel like we're maybe kind of winding down on the the quote unquote prestige horror thing, but where every horror movie that's a big kind, it feels like they all have to be like about something, you know, like we've got to, they have to be like socially relevant. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, I think this, you know, era of horror is really cool. Um, but it was nice to see something that this isn't, um, I don't know what the, the moral of this movie is. It's just doing, (laughs) it's doing something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like an important film. No. I mean, at least it it is to me, but (laughs) where do we even start, dude? Uh, I don't know. I guess with the fucking red alert command and conquer scene that starts the movie off with the doctor talking into the camera doing her little video journal this opening scene looked like a sci-fi original movie yeah i can't explain the like quality of something about the way it looked and the way it was shot felt like i was watching it on like a really like high number cable channel in like the middle of the night or something. It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah, this Dr. Weaver. It's 1993. In Gotham City. Basically. This giant research hospital. Yeah, and the doctor's doing like a video journal about how awful a subject is being. And then there's flashing lights and dead bodies everywhere. Holy shit. Yeah, they go to check in on this patient. And right away, there's a line about like, it's like he's drinking the electricity or something like that. <laughs> yeah, lots of great. There's sparks everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Lots of like dialogue that kind of felt like a FMV video game. Where a what? Oh, isn't that what that is? Or it's like the video, f- like Mist has some of that yeah. going on. <laughs> it's just very heightened. Mm-hmm. It's like he's drinking the electricity. <laughs> yeah, so we have this this subject that they call Gabriel, mm-hmm. and Gabriel talks through speakers. And yeah, does that ever uh, get explained or resolved? No, it nope. does not, and that's a fine. Yep. And Gabriel's like, I will kill you all. And she's like, time to cut out the cancer. Yeah, the doctor says it's time to cut out the cancer. Lots of cheesy lines like that. Yeah. Yeah, but Gabriel has already, like, fucked up a bunch of people. There's, like, arms getting broken in half. There's bones sticking out. This movie is pretty gory. (laughs) Yeah. That's another hallmark of a giallo. Giallos are very violent. They are very gory. Um, I'll kind of, like, go, you know, as we kind of mention things, there are so many, like, as much as, you maybe think, I don't know, is this like a straight up geology? There's plenty of, I think, little things that, you know, make it not, if it's not like a straight up giallo, definitely works as an homage for mm-hmm. sure. Present day. So it's, you know, almost 20 years later, mm-hmm. it's 2020, 2021, uh, a very pregnant woman named Madison yeah. gets back to her wonderful James her Wan Her James home. Wan real estate house. Does he, he films in the same house maybe for every movie? It looks similar. I'm assuming, I mean, I think the interior is built because of that awesome shot later yeah, on, the it overhead looks shot. exactly like the house in Insidious. And it just, I don't know, it's like this weird like California style, like kind of, maybe not craftsman, but it's like they all look 
like this. James Wan has a type of house that he likes, damn it. It's great. I love it. Yeah, so she's pregnant. Her husband, Derek. Fucking who, Derek. Fuck Derek. He's we, got his shoes on the bed. She's on, watching he MMA. MMA in, yeah, I just like the contrast of like this beautiful home where all the walls in the front are like this deep wood and it's like, oh my God, this is so gorgeous. And then she gets upstairs. There's Derek with his shoes on the bed watching MMA. <laughs> and she's saying, oh man, the baby's acting up. And he's so mean to her. He immediately is like, well, I hope you don't lose this one like you lose all the other. Yeah. his attitude towards her is like a fucking it's like he's like a 16th century king where he's like why must you torture me so like she's miscarrying on purpose and you know that he's just like well if you hadn't i don't know taken too much air or like looked at this tapestry that was too stimulating maybe you wouldn't <laughs> have miscarried so many heirs to the throne he just has such weird ideas of what's happening with this woman's body yeah he's so over the top bad guy she turns off the tv and he's like hey i was watching that i was watching that and then he hits her oh yeah he slams her head against the wall yeah i will say there's like some domestic violence in this that if that's something you're upset by it's it's tough uh, it's the one scene right here. It's yeah, it's hard to watch. Like and, it's genuinely very violent. Yeah, and, I mean when he he pushes her and her head hits the wall and she's bleeding. Breaks and, open the wall. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And he um, does the whole oh honey, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm so it's sorry. not me. I'm I'll so change. So uh, I'll be better. Uh, let me go get you ice. And then she locks his ass out of the bedroom. Yeah. Fuck that guy. By the way. I, this takes place in Seattle, right? Yes, but it's also very rainy. where is their house? Yeah, it's, it's just, weird. <laughs> I oh you is you rewatch? I like, rewatched the first, a little bit of it today. Is it the case where? Nope, you can always see the neighbors. You can house. always see the neighbors' house. I think Damn. we were just watching it too bright in the day. And okay, maybe at night it we looked, couldn't see. There were a bunch of shots where we were like, <laughs> they have no neighbors. Where the fuck? I know are they? it does look isolated sometimes at certain angles, but. No, they have a neighbor because there is a line about when the cops come. The neighbors, like, the neighbors called. And at that point, we were like, what neighbors? Yeah. It just looks like a big-ass house in the middle of a fucking farm. Mm -hmm. But no, they've, they've got some neighbors. Yeah. Some neighbors. So now it's nighttime. Derek hears kitchen noises at night. Sees a blender that's just on. No, Yeah. You know, you think there's going to be a payoff. There's not. I know. No one so goes in that blender. Black. No I, one friended kill. There's a lot of moments like that in this where it sets things up that you're you like were, <laughs> at one point a cop is like my my brain's gonna be coming out of my eyeballs and you were like that's her, foreshadowing her brain's gonna come out of her eye yeah there's happen. a lot of that in this <laughs> which i think is kind of funny um yeah we see there's like a silhouette of a person on the couch yeah and at this point you know we're watching it for the first time no idea what this is no idea the tone I think it's a sincere horror movie. I didn't catch on to, you know, I, some of the dialogue earlier on, I was like, yeah, that's a little cheesy, but I didn't know how intentional it was. And so at this scene, I'm like, ooh, we're going to get some it's scares. Spooky. Yeah, where he turns the light on and it's gone. Yeah, and, and like, honestly, during this first scene where this shadowy silhouette figure is hopping all around this and scaring This is a creepy scene. It's kind of yeah. scary, but at the same time, I'm thinking, oh, man, it's kind of James Wan stuff. Like, I'm not big into The Conjuring and, like, the scares I feel are sometimes good, but sometimes a little overwrought. And I'm like, oh man, we're gonna have a movie like this. But I, I, I love how he he has his style. And in this movie, he's like, yeah, yeah, here's some James Wan. I was about to say, I wonder, now that we're mentioning it, I wonder if this opening part of the movie is he's parodying himself a little bit. It kind of feels With the like house it. that looks like all the James Wan houses and the, the scares where they feel... You know, there's someone, there, we see like a person run by the stairs mm -hmm. and it's creepy and it feels very much like, yep, this is the type of movie I make. And then it becomes very much not the type of movie it, he makes. Knowing what it becomes, 
uh, it feels kind of like this feels knowing. a little self-aware. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm sure there are people watching this who are like, you guys are giving too much credit to James Wan. I think this is just a dumb movie. But like the guy is smart. Yeah. The guy knows how to make a good movie. Yeah. He clearly knows horror having like who else can say that they've made the number of movies on the level of Saw, Insidious, and The Conjuring. Like, yeah. Wes Craven, I guess, did it. Like, the amount of iconic images and series. Yeah. yeah. He, I like, can't the think success of... of his horror films yeah. is nearly unmatched. Yeah, I can't think of many other filmmakers, like, especially working now, that, like, have contributed so much imagery, especially in, like, style and, yeah, no. I mean, just, just doing Saw alone is good enough and then the conjuring yeah. as this huge thing and then you sprinkle a little insidious, insidious in there too like yeah. jesus <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all right the the shadow i, I at this point i'm thinking it's a shadow because i can't tell what the hell's going on mm-hmm. this like silhouette gets Derek good snaps his neck his head yeah. gets like snapped and it's like twisted around and i think it i don't think it looks great when she finds his body i think it looks kind of you know i'd want a more practical thing that is one thing I oh do is wish it there, cgi it kind of looks cg and oh, then I later when tell. we see gabriel running around sometimes it gets a little cartoony looking yeah i maybe prefer some more practical effects in this film but you know it's gonna be what it's gonna be i guess we love gabriel i'm really excited to talk <laughs> gabriel, about gabriel is a great excellent really really villain. good horror character so good um so okay so yeah our main character who's maddie our main maddie yes maddie. madison she's she's obviously here's a ruckus and she is chased by something upstairs <laughs> yeah which also doesn't make sense no what well, okay is she just is she imagined? I think she's just she's imagining just shit. Stuff. Okay. I guess, no, I guess uh, we learn, and again, we're in the spoiler section. So I guess we learn that- He can make her see stuff. He can make her yeah. see stuff. So just don't worry. So sure, that works. A lot of this movie doesn't make sense. It's fine. The electricity thing? I don't care. Thing, I don't care. Who, who fucking cares? Gabriel talks through the radio. Whatever. I don't I don't know how he does it, because- <laughs> Because at first you're thinking like, oh, is this some like supernatural character? Because he talks through radio waves, and then he, gets chased and by he can a disappear, <laughs> and he's like a shadow, and wow, and but no, but also why can he talk through the radio? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> just questions that I don't whatever. need answered. It's fine. <laughs> so okay, so the next day, so cops or not next, whatever, cops show up, neighbors heard it. No, it's it's literally four a.m. She's like, the the morning hasn't even started yet. The, a lot of the lines between the cops is great. Like, I love it. It's such. I love all the dialogue. shitty cop dialogue. <laughs> I okay. I love horror movie cops. <laughs> They're the cops I like the most. <laughs> it's cops in horror movies. I I love it. I feel like anytime a horror movie, I got a horror movie and we got some cops showing up who have weird shitty dialogue and like kind of abrasive rapport. I love it. And It's, it's so funny too, because we're watching Malignant first time, the cops show up and I'm like, Man, do we even need a cop plot in this movie? Yes. And then I'm like, oh wait, <laughs> it's, it's a, a giallo. giallo. Yeah, no, that's the whole point. Usually, <laughs> cops again doesn't have to be like always. Yeah, but usually you've got like a detective. And I feel a common uh, 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 recurring thing in the giallo films is the cops teaming up with civilians to right. solve the crime, Correct. which is also what happens in this movie. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's another check off our list. Also, just the. Um, not always, but often a giallo will follow a, a female main character who is like 
like it focuses very much on like her mental state and Mm -hmm. often it's women who are like mentally emotionally in peril and in distress so we can check that one off too our (laughs) heroine is dealing with stuff very much literally in her head annabelle wallace knows what kind of movie she's in and i love her for it i think she's great in this like she this is a hard movie to carry Mm -hmm. because not only do you you know are you carrying a lot of just reacting to things you know a lot of it's nonverbal, just reacting to stuff but also you have to understand what the very specific vision of james wan is to like really do the heavy lifting in this movie and she does a great job her the 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 actress plays her sister also amazing in this yes like she also gets it you know yeah speaking of her sister her sister shows up named Sydney, mm-hmm. who I think looks exactly like Florence Pugh. It's it's kind of interesting how you can tell there's a certain type, I think, that casting directors are maybe looking for right now because maybe even because Florence Pugh is just so... Well, I don't know. The other thing about this movie is that every woman has bangs. Everyone has The bangs. hairstylist in Malignant loves bangs. I mean, when I think of, of <laughs> Giallo women, I mean, I think of Daria... Nickelodeon, who mm-hmm. she was married to Argento, but she also like she wrote, you know, she was a writer. When I think of her, I think of she's got brown hair and she has bangs, and mm-hmm. it's very I I just feel like it's very 70s. It's, there's just bangs all over this yeah. movie. It's like when they, when they get to the the tour guide, he's like, wait, no, give her a different hairstyle Everyone, so I can tell all her. All these apart. brunette women with bangs. At least the sister's blonde. Um <laughs> we find out that Maddie has miscarried and we also, okay, so we also meet Detective Kakoa Shaw. Kakoa. I love him. Yep, played by George Young. George Young is so good in this. He yeah. also, again, I think every every actor in this gets it. Like, I, I love his partner, too. I forget what her I think it's, is. is it Regina Moss? Uh, is it Detective Moss, played by Michelle Brianna White, I would assume, judging I, by this? I think so. Age, yeah, judging by the age and, and uh, cast listing, that's what... Yeah, she's yes. very funny. She's very funny. Yeah, it, everyone's so fun in They this. just deliver the lines in the perfect way. Like, they're cheesy lines, but they give them the sincerity that they need yes. to play Again, right. that's such a hard line it's, to... Yeah, it's very hard. To, like, yeah... Because, again, if you're trying to do the, oh, let's make a horror movie that's so bad it's good, there's an obvious way to deliver all this dialogue, and which makes it into the kind of movie that I don't like. Yeah. But everyone is, like, just tiptoeing that weird line like a giallo does, where it's like, what am I, what am I watching? What am I supposed to think here? The sister also shows up to the hospital in a princess outfit we never address this ever she's like again. oh i'm a princess at family planet she's i don't like, know what family planet is but family pl- they have princess parties it, apparently yep. yeah it's so funny because i i didn't even think about it i think because i know so many people in life who have done those jobs uh I, i've done one children's birthday party i wasn't a princess though i was back girl yeah um, i stepped in for a friend <laughs> um insanely difficult job by the way party princess slash character Holy yeah because she's like a struggling actress at apparently, which is just mentioned here and there. But I love that she shows up at the hospital in a princess outfit and then it gets briefly acknowledged and then they move on and it never comes back. She should have worn it the whole time. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded. I wouldn't have. That would have been a lot of fun. You can tell it's a knockoff version of the live action Cinderella too, which I think is really funny (laughs) because that is exactly the the exact costume that would be in demand for princess parties right now. 
Um, yeah, so apparently Maddie didn't tell her sister about any of her previous miscarriages. Maddie has miscarried a bunch. Mm-hmm. And we also find out that at the the crime scene, as I think it's the coroner. Who is the coroner? Oh, the forensic. Uh, it's James woman. Wan's wife. It's James Wan's wife. And she has a crush on Kakoa. And it's hilarious to me that uh, Wan was like, all right, my wife's going to play the character. Ingrid Bisu. Who's just horny for uh, the main detective. And yeah, she also, what, co-wrote the movie? Ingrid Bisu? Um, she did. Story by James oh, Ingrid Wan Bisu. and Ingrid, Ingrid Bisu. Yeah, oh, so hell she yeah. helped write it. And she has a, a little role here, which has a very funny line near the end. A after, genuine after the laugh. After station gets decimated and she finds everyone and she <laughs> takes out her phone and she's like, why am I calling the cops? Wait, why am I calling the cops? A genuine laugh. I thought it was so funny. Like, it yeah. was just such a perfect joke. I, I loved it. Um, Yeah, I, yeah, she's thirsty as hell for George Young, which, like, are we all... Let me... While we're talking about George Young, let me just say mm-hmm. the... And I tweeted about this already, so if this sounds familiar. Okay. The vibe of this movie, like the opening of the the research facility, just the way it looks, it's kind of like it almost looks like a matte painting almost, or yeah. some. It, it's just weird. Everything's very misty and foggy. High contrast color. The police, da- all the buildings, like there's a lot of very Art Deco looking locations. It's like the police uh, station interior. I just, I know there's too many Batman movies. There's too many Batman. Although I am very excited for the Robert Pattinson one. I will be there to go the see The Batman? It. Is that? I think so, yeah. It's hard to keep track. It's like the fucking Predator movies. What are they titling this one? Are they adding an S? Are they yeah. adding an article to it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think James Wan would do an amazing Batman and, you know, I've, I've said before, I'm not into, like, the superhero stuff. But I, since I was a kid, love Batman. I loved the Adam West series. I watched the animated series. I was Catwoman twice probably when I was a kid. To me, the aesthetic in this reminded me so much of what I love about Batman is I feel like I, I always think of Batman and the Tim Burton movies do this too, where they set it almost in, like, a, a 1920s, 30s. It feels very golden, like... Um, golden age Hollywood, where everything's Art Deco mm. and very uh, like dark, angular, dramatic, like over the top, even like a bit of uh, expressionist, like kind of German expressionist, where everything is very exaggerated and mm-hmm. just steamy. And George Young would be—I I don't know—I I thought about him being like a Bruce Wayne, and I just got so—I just—I want it. There's no way it would happen. There's too many Batman. But it would be really good, is all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So after two weeks in the hospital, Maddie goes back home. Yeah. And she's like, I, it's fine. I'll go back home by myself. I can handle it. Yeah. And we find out from James Wan's wife, Ingrid Bisu, that all the handprints on the crime scene were upside down. Upside down? What How mean? the hell? I don't know. So that's another thing where I'm thinking, oh, it's like supernatural. This is hanging from the ceiling or something. And then, yeah, things get kind of supernatural at home with Maddie because she sees the... Uh, the shadowy figure from across the street in the street light. And uh, then she's trying to lock up the house, but the back door's already open. There's an amazing shot yes. that I think I would guess was done practically. It- I bet they built this set and put the camera up top on a, a, a track on the ceiling, pointed it down. It's this overhead shot that tracks her through the house. But the cool thing about it is that it, when it passes over a space that is occupied by an upstairs room, you see the upstairs room. So it like goes across the wall as she's running around on the ground floor 
and it follows her. It goes past a upstairs hallway as she passes underneath it, and then she runs upstairs, and in the same shot, you see her uh, run down that upstairs hallway. So, like... Oh, God, it looks it's so It's very, cool. very cool. Sorry, Lucy. I can hear her clawing at the door. Oh, Lucy, come on in if you want to. Hey, want to talk about our sponsor this week? Keeps. Let's say you're an evil twin and you live on the back of your twin's head and you've got a pretty nice head of hair going on. You can kind of arrange it so that it covers your existence or you can push it out of the way so you can go out and do crimes at night in your black trench coat. And maybe you want to make sure you don't lose that perfect disguise of luscious hair. Keeps can absolutely help you with that. Apparently, Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. But Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. There's only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss, and Keeps offers both of them. Discreet packaging just in case you want to keep it on the down low and proven results. Really low cost too. Treatments start at just $10 a month and Keeps offers generic versions of its medications as well. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash deadmeat to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash deadmeat to get your first month free. One more time, keeps.com slash deadmeat. Our other sponsor this week is AMC Network's Shudder. Our friends at Shudder, the Netflix of horror, as we like to call them. It's Halloween time. Yes, it's not October, but it's Halloween time. We know it. Shudder knows it. That's why they are starting the spooky season with 61 days of Halloween starting in September. In fact, it looks like this month they've already added Carrie, 1976, one of my first favorite horror movies, and the 78 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which I also absolutely love. That is a fantastic movie. Fantastic remake. It's a good one if you have not seen it. With Shudder, you can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. And their selection is constantly growing. They are constantly adding new stuff, especially during the 61 days of Halloween. So if you want to try Shudder free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com and use promo code DEADMEAT30. That is Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, promo code DEADMEAT30. Thirty shudder. Her Sydney, her sister shows up to find Maddie. She like pops in through one window that I think hadn't been boarded up yet. Yeah, it's like an upstairs window. Yeah, she had to, like, climb up to the second story. Yeah, it's like, can you let me in? And then Maddie sits her down on the bed and is like, "I'm sorry, I really wanted to have a kid because I really wanted to have." A family that I had a biological connection to. And Sydney's and like, why? What, what are you mean? talking We're about? We're sisters. And Maddie's like, I'm adopted. And then the most dramatic music pushing <laughs> on Sydney making the like, most dramatic you face. The like, weirdest <gasps> music score. It's Well, no, this is the first appearance of that crazy cover of the Pixies. Is it confirmed to be a cover? It is. Okay. It, this was not because the, the score was done by Joseph Bashira. Joe, yeah, Joe, uh, Joe Bashara, yeah. Bashara, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Joe Bashara did the score for this and he has worked with James Wan before, mm-hmm. but he did not do this weird, bizarro version of Where Is My Mind. 
it is a cover that existed before, I guess, that they found. And yeah, it's just so funny to me that the Pixies are so hot right now. There is a bunch of Pixie songs in Fear Street. I was going to say, yeah, Fear Street. Orange Cassidy comes out to Where Is My Mind. Yeah. And then a cover of Where Is My Mind plays in this movie. That's weird. I didn't realize that. They deserve it. They have two perfect albums, at least two. And I fucking love Pixies. And it's great to uh, hear them so frequently. Yeah, that just needle drop of this the dramatic zoom this is when we're starting to see the uh the tone, tone is really of this. starting to expose and itself. it's such a confusing like am i so how am i supposed am to i supposed feel? to laugh because yeah. all she said was that she was adopted and it's <laughs> yeah I'm adopted. i mean i guess it'd be a big revelation the fact that it's something as soap opera too is like i'm actually adopted yeah Burn. just the style yeah. of the reveal then we cut to this um, like we're like what the fuck like unrelated as far as we know scene of this woman who also has bangs giving a tour of the Seattle like underground it's like the original city of that it's like I've never been to Seattle but there's like modern this makes city. me want to go there I know I do want to go I was on like, this wait, tour they have an underground city yeah what? so it's she's Futurama. giving a tour and as she's kind of I guess clocking out for the night there's a like she hears something in this tunnel and it, this this scene is creepy because you're like, well, what the, this this scare actually is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see our first glimpse of. I wrote it first, like it's a lady question mark. Yeah, Gabriel. But we see, yeah, long Gabriel hair. just jump out at her, mm-hmm. and we see a glimpse yeah, like, of his fall face. down on him. Yeah, he like his face falls into it's, the camera. It's, and it's good. Gross. It's a yeah. creepy scare, mm-hmm. and, and he abducts then, her. Yeah, and so then we cut to she's tied up in some kind of like attic, attic there's room. a giant industrial fan yeah which doesn't make sense later <laughs> but it's Dude, cool because it adds some lighting and ambiance it is nice we get the yeah it's fine if, even if it doesn't make sense i don't care if we get the rotating fan blade ambiance which is nice i wrote secret saw movie question mark question mark that's kind of how it feels she, she does look like she just woke up in a saw trap and gabriel talks through the radio or whatever he's got there and he goes i can't tell you how long I've waited for this. Okay. Uh, then he he called, Gabriel calls Dr. Weaver, who's the woman from the beginning, and he's like, hello, Dr. Weaver. Hello? Hello? <laughs> it's, it's time to cut out the cancer. Who is this? Who is this? And I just am laughing because I just imagined her being like, I say that to all my patients. You're going to have to be way more specific. <laughs> it's just so funny that he calls Hello? her and is just like, Hello, Ginger Weaver. And she's like, Hello. Hi, how's it going? Who's yeah. this? <laughs> Please take me off your list. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, the way she reacts to this phone call. Just is no so response good. to the fact that, like, Satan's minion is on the other Do line. You remember me? I'm the cancer you cut out. Okay. <laughs> then so we we cut it's it, Maddie's at home in her giant James Wan house and this is when we get this cool sequence honestly another good scare that got me where the laundry she, she's going yeah she's sitting next to like the like a washing machine and she's like frozen in place like she can't move well, yeah she's like loading the laundry machine and she has like the door open with the little glass uh opening and she looks over and there's a woman screaming on the other side it's of dr it. weaver screaming yeah just, ah! like it comes out of nowhere and then she like maddie gets thrown back and what's really cool to me is that like the the image doesn't disappear dr weaver is still on the other side of that laundry door with gabriel over her and uh or dr weaver at first is like why are you in my house 
and Maddie thinks that she's talking to her and is like, this is my house. Yeah. But then it does this really cool thing that it's going to do again a couple of times where Maddie is actually seeing Dr. Weaver, what's happening to Dr. Weaver while Dr. Weaver is in her home. But yeah. Maddie, like you said, can't move. She's like stuck to yeah, the ground. Yeah, the walls kind of like, like fade or like kind of crumble away to yeah maddie is like almost sitting in dr weaver's home and watches gabriel kill dr weaver with her trophy with a which trophy. becomes his weapon of choice throughout the movie which is great because it's it's the good. the medical symbol where it's like uh, oh the st- the snakes yeah the snakes the... going around like a blade of some sort yeah, i, I realize i don't know like, like i know i can see it in my head but i couldn't tell you what the fuck yeah that actually is. and it's like so why funny. is that the I'll, i don't know i'll look it up later but yeah. uh like the origin of that symbol but he uses that trophy to murder her to hell and then keeps it keeps the murder weapon and, and yeah he, he it. keeps like the top half of that trophy because i think i forget who finds the bottom half but they're like that's our murder weapon. It's <laughs> like, Oh, really? You think? And he makes it into like the ultimate giallo weapon. Mm-hmm. It's just, just like a long, shiny, gold sharp blade dagger. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool, it's honestly. Cool. I would have a replica of that in mm-hmm. our home. It's sick. The cops show up to Dr. Weaver's house and they find this photo of a child that they realize, huh, looks familiar. And we see that it looks a lot like Maddie because brown hair bangs granted everyone in this movie has brown hair and bangs but it's it from looks 92 yeah may 92 well it's oh the, wait that's right okay yeah name not is the, may. that's right her name was okay <laughs> my mistake yeah uh the dr weaver apparently specialized in child reconstructive surgery so now we go back to there was this guy in the beginning i think the guy who was like it's like he's eating the electricity or whatever he said we cut to him and he's in his, his- apartment it's a hotel. yeah, it's an apartment, but it looks like it's so weird because later they go to his place and it's in an apartment building. It's a unit in an apartment building. And it looks kind of nice, but when we first see it, we're just stuck to his bedroom. We're staying in his bedroom in his closet, and it looks like a hotel room to me. It does it look so like weird. a hotel room. Yeah. It, I mean, I guess like I could see he's the type of person where, especially if he's a doctor, I bet it's just he. He's at work. He lives at work, and mm-hmm. this is where he sleeps and keeps his clothes kind of A lot of, thing. of clothes. Nice closet. Again, we get Maddie kind of fading into this scene where she's watching. It's because she she lays down in bed and then turns over, and then there and he is next to her in her bed, but really he's in his bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Then there's a lot of <laughs> – there's a long sequence of – him kind of getting stalked by Gabriel that I feel like it takes so long where he's in, he's like looking around in the closet. It's all like fake out scares. It's yeah. a lot of fake out scares. Mm-hmm. But then eventually Gabriel stabs, stabs. the shit out of the, dude, this face. is gruesome. In his face. Yeah. yeah and then uh, we see it later when the cops get there. His face is all, it's not there anymore. <laughs> it's it's like a watermelon got ripped in half. It's yeah, not it's real nice. very nice. The, this scene is when I wrote that this shot of of Gabriel kind of looking really weird and contorted yeah. over this guy stabbing him. I wrote, oh, this is our giallo mm-hmm. shot because we see he's got the black on and he's got his weapon of choice now. There's this red light. Now, because Maddie had that cool vision where I love the style of her being transported like into the victim's too, yeah. uh, homes, but because she saw like the victim and out his window she knew where it took place so her and sydney go to the police station talk to kakoa and his partner and 
tell them, hey, go find this victim who's going to be in this place. Mm-hmm. And Kakoa is starting to to get the hots for Sydney. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, yeah, we'll go check it out. I love this is the great scene where um Sydney's like, can't you guys talk to your department's psychic? Don't you guys employ psychics for murder cases? And Kakoa's partner's like, no, we don't. And she's like, I played a psychic on an uh, episode of C- CSI one time. I'm pretty sure pretty you guys sure. actually do. That's not not true. It's not that, like, I, I don't think police departments are, like, employing psychics, but I think apparently it's happened sometimes where they're just so desperate for any lead that if someone calls in and they're like, I'm a psychic and I had a vision, they'll follow up on it. Yeah, how often does that help? Um, Probably not that much. <laughs> yeah. Probably just by chance it has helped sometimes. <laughs> I think, yeah, she's in, she's in the bathroom at this point. She gets a phone call um, and she picks it up and, hello, Emily. Was Emily. Apparently, Maddie was a name given to her. By her uh, adopted parents. Yes. 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 She was born with the name Emily. And Gabriel says that he's a voice in her head. And, and she knows his name somehow. She's like, stop it, Gabriel. Yeah. How did I know that? How and he starts laughing. Oh, yeah. You know. And he says that they all convinced you that I wasn't real. Yeah. They all convinced you I was just in your head. He says that line. Very mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we learned that he's from her past and before she could remember. Because apparently also, we didn't mention this, yeah. she she tells her sister that she doesn't really remember anything from before she was adopted. So yeah. she's kind of like repressed a bunch of stuff. Also, the voice of Gabriel, Ray Chase, uh, really? prolific voice actor, fucking, again, like everyone else in this cast, selling the hell out of this project. So good. Does such a good evil voice. It's fantastic. He, I think, was what, like a uh, primarily an anime voice actor? Anime and video games, I think. I feel like that worked really well here. <laughs> yeah, anime villain voice. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Maddie then goes with Sydney to ask her adoptive mom about Gabriel, and oh boy, if I, judging by mom's reaction, she remembers it's Gabriel. It's just like the uh, I'm adopted reaction. It's a literal push in with the camera, dramatic yeah. music score, and the actors being like, <gasps> it's so it's over real the top. Good, yeah. I love it. The mom breaks out an old home v- VHS tape that they have of uh, 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 huge air quotes on this nine year old uh, Maddie. As soon as they played it, she's got her bangs again, but I was like, that chick is not nine years old. She is a teenager. Sure enough, it is a 14-year-old McKenna Grace. McKenna Grace who, dominating the child actor game once yes, again. Yes, because she was in Haunting of Hill House, and then she was in the third Annabelle yes. film, which is when we met her she at was, the premiere of that. Yes, we, we got to meet her. her. She was very nice. Yeah, on the Dead Meat Instagram, there's a picture with her. She's very nice, uh, smart little girl, and I, now seeing her as like a teenager... It's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. It's so weird. I feel like we didn't even meet her that long ago, but she would look totally different if we yeah. saw her again. Young Maddie is opening gifts. Uh, her mom, uh, her adopted mom, is pregnant with her sister. Yeah. Yep. But Maddie starts talking on, like, a fake phone to Gabriel, who is, like, talking about that baby. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I just realized, okay, because the whole thing is, like, Gabriel talks through, like, technology. That phone's not fucking real. No, That's, yeah. like, one of those light up where it has, like, a little face and stuff <laughs> on it. What's the, happening? The cow goes. Yeah, like, he, yeah, he talks through one of those, basically. So I don't even fucking know. Basically, we keep, there's a lot of video of, 
of her talking to Gabriel and the parents getting upset that she's lying about having this. They're trying to like break her out of that habit, right? Of yeah, because Gabriel keeps telling her to like kill people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the uh, cop Kakoa mm -hmm. is doing his research and he gets. <laughs> He has the picture that he got from Dr. Weaver of the child. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he was like, he brings it to this dude. He's like, can you age this up for me? Also, that dude, fun little side character. Yeah. Uh, really doesn't want to be at work, but he'll do it for Kakoa. I like his line. Like, I thought I was the only good looking guy working this late. <laughs> like, it's cheesy dialogue. He, he, uh, Kakoa gives him the picture and is like, can you age this up for me? And the guy's like, sure. Then later, after Maddie leaves the station, the guy walks up and is like, Oh, do you, you, so you found her, you brought her in, and Kakoa's like, what? what are you talking about? Well, that was the girl from the, the aged up picture, and Kakoa opens it. <laughs> it's not a, the aged up picture doesn't just look like that. It's just Maddie. It's just a picture. They just took a picture of her, and it was like, oh, but yeah. The fact that he apparently looked at it already, and it didn't even register that, like, he'd already met her also. So the fact that he had met her and, like, looked at this picture, nothing, and then, sees her again, still nothing. And this guy's like, oh, dude, that's her though. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, Maddie was the patient of these doctors. Yeah. And there was a third doctor. Yeah. Two of them are dead. This third one must be in danger. And sure enough, Maddie's getting ready for bed, looks in the bathroom mirror, sees, sees the old doctor guy. Yeah, third doctor. And so yeah, Kako is on his way to go save this third doctor. And is this guy it, gets killed off screen. He gets killed in the shower. He's like he's like going to take a bath, and yeah. then uh, like Maddie sees Gabriel start to show up, and she's like, no. And then next time we see him, he's dead in the bathtub because Kakoa yeah. gets there. Because Kakoa gets and and uh, Maddie can see. She, she's still like doing the astral projection she, thing, whatever. She, yeah. So and she's, she's trying like, to he's warn still Kikoa. here. Yeah. He's still here. And then it's the chase scene. Gabriel chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Which... And this is when we're like, wait, he's not. Supernatural? Yes, okay, because at this point, I'm still thinking Gabriel is some fucking, because it's a James Wan, so I'm thinking like it's some weird demon or I don't know, you know, I'm just thinking of Insidious and all that shit. So I'm like, wait, why is Gabriel just running around? If he's supernatural, like, can't he just, I don't know. So then we're like, is he just a guy? But he's leaping around like a fucking little Spider-Man. Moving in a weird-ass way, weird... looking like he's backwards. Yeah, there's points where he's, like, running backwards. And just the physicality of his arms and legs is really confusing. And all the joints look all fucked up, and I love it. Love when he's jumping down the fire escape, just leap, like, dropping from floor to floor, grabbing onto the fire escape. And uh, the detective, Alec Kakoa, is just like... I guess, and he like tries to do the he same thing. He jumps off this thing onto- Lands onto a dumpster. Here's my favorite part. Kakoa does like a dumpster jump where he's like, okay, if I jump here and there's a dumpster, normally the dumpster's open and you jump into the dumpster full of trash. Dude, Kakoa comes down so fucking hard on this closed dumpster, it made me laugh so hard. I was like, you tried it, I guess you didn't die. So he's chasing Gabriel around. Gabriel is played by, uh, physically anyway, by a contortionist, right? Yeah, she was on a, uh, a talent, uh, what was one of those? Was America's Got Talent? Yeah, maybe? I think so. Um, Marina Maza Mazepa. Uh, sorry if I'm butchering that. I'm sure I am. But yeah, she doesn't have a Wikipedia article, but I Googled the name when I saw that listed. And yeah, she was a contortionist. Yeah. So she's doing work. Yeah, but Gabriel gets away. 
And then we have a scene where apparently we were bringing a hypnotherapist to regress Maddie through her repressed memories. Mm-hmm. This is one, yeah, okay, so we get this whole vision flashback of, so the uh, Maddie's adoptive mom is, is pregnant with Sydney, mm-hmm. and Gabriel apparently manipulates her to like, oh, go downstairs and have a slice of cake. Yeah, and she's about to cut into it. Cut but- the cake, and then she realizes it's not a cake. She's standing over her her mom's pregnant belly and was about to slice her open and kill the baby. Yeah. Gabriel's like fixated on the the younger sibling like he wants Maddie all to himself. And then uh we're back in that attic with that abducted uh tour guide who finally breaks herself free, takes a couple of steps. Okay. Again, there were there were a few moments already in this where I'm like, I'm so sold on this. But this is like this is this is when the movie becomes a different movie. Because I think when it cuts back to the attic where she is with that a huge industrial fan, we're like, where, where are we? is this? And we find out this is Maddie's attic. She's because just... this woman fucking falls through the floor and into the living room. And everyone's there, just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Fuck, this woman just drops like a dummy. And this doesn't this look house. good for Maddie. The cops are like, There's why a was lady that woman up in your there. attic? Yeah. Yeah. Why was this missing woman? They find in your the attic? trophy weapon. Oh yeah. Now they now they bring Maddie to the interrogation yeah, room. She's a suspect we get now. another phone call from Gabriel. Gabriel literally says, Hello, detective. He literally does. I yeah. wrote it in all caps. He calls <laughs> Maddie a dumb bitch. It's not nice. Um <laughs> Base, and then while this is happening, the sister, Sydney, is on her way to the research facility. And I'm excited because I love me a horror movie, like records perusal scene, like microfiche or just boxes of records. I don't know why. I just like it. It's a trope I like. Yeah. When she gets there, it's dark. It is this giant hospital it's on Arkham the cliff side. looking fucking. Exactly. Yeah. She parks her car on the edge of that fucking cliff. She- Anyone watching this knows exactly what we're talking about because all of you pointed at the screen and said, stop the fucking car. Yeah. Apparently, were you reading on Reddit or something where people, they said their theater theater was screaming at her like, stop, because she parks so close. Yeah, she doesn't even slow down. She just floors it until she's right at the edge of the cliff, pulls the emergency brake, skids to a stop, and then apparently everyone in that theater just clap oh my God. for the park job. This research facility scene is all scary. It feels like something fucking scary. Nope. Nothing. She just walks in, she, gets a file She lease. walks in, grabs some stuff, and leaves. And that's it. And it's so goddamn funny. Like, yeah, it's such a subversion of... And, you know, uh, from what we're about to learn, it wouldn't make sense for Gabriel to be there. It doesn't no. make any sense at all. But it's just so funny that yeah, it's just, just like built up to be this big spooky haunted house and then she just walks in and yeah, out. Yeah, because like there wouldn't be a, a There wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Yep. So she she goes back and she watches this like I think she grabbed like tapes or something mm-hmm. and she's watching it with her mom and that's how they fi- they they they're watching stuff about like uh apparently Maddie was a twin and absorbed the other twin in utero. I, I that just makes me think teratoma. Yeah, it makes me think of my big fat Greek wedding. There's like a joke about that. that oh yeah, you haven't seen that, right? No. Okay, but people who've thinking, seen it know what I'm talking about. We're thinking or Venture, Venture Brothers. Brothers yeah. Yep. Um. So and apparently, um, the biological mother uh, was raped, but they told the adoptive mom that she had died in childbirth, which is not true. The mm-hmm. the, the 
birth mother is still alive. And this is one in my notes I wrote calling it Gabriel is on the back of her head. You did. I called it so early and was very proud of myself. And the biological mom was the tour guide who was abducted. And uh, yeah, the the reason she doesn't look that much older is because she had her when she was like 15, 15, 16, something like that. But that's who followed through the ceiling. And that's why Gabriel was like, I've been waiting so long to to talk to you because that's his birth mom. Right, exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Yeah, they're watching another tape where they are telling Maddie, okay, we're going to sedate Gabriel and blah 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 and then the camera goes around to the back of and Such a good reveal. we see Gabriel like, and ah. he is looking like yeah Frank Henelotter mm-hmm. animatronic puppet and creepy. yeah this is such I mean it's just basket case it's, it's ba- literally it's very basket because yeah. basket case is Dwayne and Belial going around to kill the doctors who tried to kill Belial and remove him. Mm -hmm. Literally the exact same three doctors and everything. Yeah. Just like in Malignant and Basket Case, they go and kill the three doctors who tried to fuck with him. Yeah, I guess the difference is Belial is not physically attached anymore. No, and Dwayne was in on it in Basket Case, whereas this, uh, Maddie is not. Right. She is an unwilling participant. Correct. But now that we know that Gabriel is... uh, uh, on the back of Maddie's head and was woken up when her shit shit house boyfriend uh, shoved her head into the yeah, wall. Yeah, that's that's what kind of because apparently they tried to fight by, by you know removing the cancer. They got rid of most, most of Gabriel because he has all these creepy, creepy little arms. And he's got like a torso. <laughs> and like, and yeah, the report is like, well, you got rid of most of it, and then we just we just the kind of shoved it, the rest of it in the back of there and then sewed it up. It's fine. So yeah, <laughs> even though it's got psychic powers and can make Maddie see things you know, and can talk fine. through radio. Talk through radio. And- yeah so when yeah when she got slammed into the wall it kind of like allowed like gabriel to kind of pop out i forget if it's we're way past this but there's a cut to a police sketch of gabriel that made me laugh so hard oh i think it's early because she's like what i'm I'm supposed to put an all points bulletin out on uh uh oh sloth sloth from the goonies but the cut to that sketch is really really good yeah uh yeah so then after we learn all this we cut to maddie who's in a holding cell at the police station and you know every other person in this holding cell is and they're like the, Extras the women from all kinds of movies. The, well, they look like '80s wrestler characters. They do. Like all of the women in this cell look like they're from a like a prison exploitation yeah. movie. Everyone is wearing a costume to a prison themed party. I don't know how else to describe it. And of course, they start picking on Maddie because she's like the she's fresh meat. She's the new girl. Mm-hmm, looks like a rich girl, easy to, yeah. to pick on. And then. They all just get murdered. Gabriel, and now we know fully that Gabriel's just on the back of her head, so we're not even trying to hide that fact anymore. And it is the craziest looking thing because it's it's like her body going backwards and Gabriel's there and Gabriel murders the fuck out of this entire cell. So and it's so the violent. The one bully keeps throwing the other cellmates in the <laughs> Dude, <path>. yeah, just <laughs> pushing them into Gabriel. It's, it's a Holy lot of gory fuck, shit in there's here, There's a man. head smash yeah. that is, yeah. And this is when I wrote, is Gabriel's crotch her butt? Which it is. <laughs> um, I drew like a very good picture of what I think is going on that I'm pretty proud of. I think it's a pretty important drawing. Uh, I'll put it in so you guys can see my artwork I did immediately. Immediately. Like as the credits rolled, I just drew it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this fight scene, fucking amazing. I 
oh God, I don't even know. We end up in the like kind of police like room where their big kind of open concept office. <laughs> yeah. Gabriel just fucking yeets a chair through the air. At oh my God. Our- it's totally unnecessary because Gabriel just fucking murders all these cops. And there's a whole big ass shootout. It's very cool. Very fun action it's, scene. It's choreographed really well. Again, yeah. that's when I was like, I wouldn't mind a James Wan Batman because he can apparently <laughs> choreograph action. Because Kako is shooting the shotgun at Gabriel and just barely missing and it's just blowing apart all these desks and chairs. And uh, Gabriel manages to, I think, shoot uh, Kakoa. He like he has them incapacitated and is on his way out the door. And is just for the fuck of it, yeets a chair across the office and it slams into them. <laughs> and it's so bloody. Like it slams them into the wall and leaves like a bloody mark. <laughs> it just, he throws it so far. I love that they, even though it's like, it's Maddie's body, but they're like, no, Gabriel's has super strength. Which, sure. I guess I wonder if they're just operating on that idea of like, you know, people can like lift a car. If yeah, they, they need to. And like, I guess Gabriel's just there all the time. Mm-hmm. But holy fuck! And yeah, I like that we just see her face just on the back of his head the whole time. It's yeah, so which good. I'm assuming was a practical mask that they made and it had, had the the actor wear on the back of their head, and then probably augmented it occasionally with uh digitally. Yeah, but uh, it looks great. All this shit looks great. I love it. I love all this. From the chase onward. I do also awesome. love a lot. I forget when exactly this all happens because this whole sequence is just like nuts. But Gabriel at some point goes into the evidence locker and like must fetch his giallo gloves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta go get those. And the weapon, I think he goes. And, and it's after this uh, police station massacre that that funny line. Uh, Why am I calling the police? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, At the hospital where the birth mother is, Sydney runs there because I think she is, she's trying to find the birth mother. Um, and she runs to a security guard and the security guard is like, sorry, ma'am, this area is off limits. And then the security guard's pacemaker explodes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, my heart. Uh, do you want me to call someone? Boom. <laughs> Again, Gabriel... Uh, would not be a supernatural being, but he can like make this dude's pacemaker explode. I don't care. I love it. <laughs> I don't need it explained. Uh, the mom asks for forgiveness. Kakoa shoots, is shooting at Emily slash Maddie. Uh, do Gabriel fucking flips the hospital bed onto Sydney and then walks up to her and then fucking. Shoots her in Shoots the fucking the head, head, dude. Because and we also we we realize that the during the scene too that Gabriel's why she keeps miscarrying because Gabriel like wants Maddie. Oh all my god, to- that that line of dialogue is I think uh, Sydney is in the car driving and she's like she calls. Yeah, her, she's on the phone. She's, and like, she's like Gabriel's been. Uh, that's why you had all those miscarriages. He's feeding off the fetuses. That's why. Yeah, just the, this wild dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he. Gabriel's Gabriel. pissed because uh, she got adopted, and he wants to be Madison's blood relative. Right. They're the their family. He wants to have a. He their wants family. to have a blood connection with someone. That's mm-hmm. so sad. Yeah. Well. But he did kill a lot of people. Killed a lot of people. But he just wants to be loved. Okay. Yeah. He was shoots. called cancer. That's not nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, he shoots Sydney, suffocates the birth mother. Yeah, kills her. But we then learn, because 
as we've learned, Gabriel can make Maddie see things. But now Maddie has learned she can make Gabriel see stuff. And she locks him in a mind prison. He, he didn't actually shoot the sister in the head, which... When that happened, I was like, holy shit! Yeah, I it's... think we both yelled because it, it's it, it was so bleak. Yeah. <laughs> like, if yeah, that it actually felt very happened. nihilistic of just yeah. like, oh, here's this likable no. younger sister character. Yeah. Boom, her head's she gone. She made Gabriel think that that happened and mm-hmm. then uses, like, like, I guess it lets his guard down and then she puts him in mind jail, which looks like the fucking cell block tango part of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> just this, like, black box theater with jail parts. <laughs> And yeah, then we get a nice little sister scene that has some cheesy dialogue that I liked. That, you know, they I, I like sister mm-hmm. stuff in movies. And it's a nice sweet. They hug. And as as the camera is, like, kind of moving, you know, zooming out, we hear a little bit of, like, static. And, like, yeah. Roll credits. Also, Maddie, definitely arrested for life. Oh, 100%. Like, she just murdered an entire police precinct. Yeah, I just wonder how you would even begin to approach prosecuting this <laughs> yeah. because is technic- Kakoa still alive? Yes. He I, survives? I think so. Him and his partner, I think, survived? I think, on, I think I literally think all, the all of the main characters survived, yeah. but every other person on the planet gets murdered by Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it does leave the door open for a sequel because Gabriel's literally like, you can't keep me locked up forever. <laughs> we better get a sequel. Yeah, I'm down for I'm, a I'm ready movie. for a sequel. Yeah. Uh, it's a nutso movie. Yeah. Even, you know, <laughs> honestly, I feel dumb because it wasn't until after the movie ended that I kind of realized what I had watched. Like, throughout the movie, I just kind of accepted it as an earnest thing. And Where you're like, yeah, this is just kind of not great. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until later that I reflected on it <laughs> and thought of the lines, he's feeding off the fetuses for power or whatever the yeah. fuck, that it was like, God, this movie was so fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Like I said, I rewatched most of it uh, today just in preparation for this podcast. And I think it's a great rewatch once you know what it is and you know the I whole twist and everything. You, it, yeah. you, like that little line where he's like, they said I was just in your head. Mm-hmm. That's Which, that's a very rewarding. Literally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Big recommend for Malignant. Um, I have a feeling we'll have some divisive comments on this one. Let's all be civil, please. I saw people saying that this was the worst horror movie they've seen in years. If you're looking for, like, a, The Conjuring or any other serious movie, I could see why you would say that. Sure. But, and that's the other thing is, like, I think a lot of people who maybe had the negative reactions to it maybe are just unfamiliar with the type of film that he's, that James Wan is emulating here. I it's mean. It's a very specific. I, yeah. Like, if you're, if you're, like, a horror nut, you are familiar with Giallo, but, like, that's a hard, you gotta, like, go looking for that. You gotta, like, find that for yourself. I, like, Giallo is so... I learned... I mean, I learned about a Giallo was in college in a mm-hmm. horror film class. It's not something you just stumble upon necessarily. I think I had seen Suspiria, but I didn't know, you know, much about Argento besides that and then getting into, like, Giallo. Mm-hmm. Like, so th- that's tough because <laughs> if you don't know, it's kind of an homage to... But even so, I don't know. It, it's it's tough. Like 
I, I like that it's so weird and divisive, though. That's what I want. <laughs> I very much enjoyed it. Um, a lot of fun. I can't wait to see people dressing as Gabriel. Great character. Because I instantly thought, what a great costume. Yeah. If you get, you know, put the mask, like on Gabriel on the back of your head. I'm tempted to do that mm -hmm. Halloween. I don't know who you could be, though. I'll, I can be Dwayne and just walk around with my Belial in a basket. Oh, my gosh. That, wait, that actually would be really cute. Dwayne's got a simple outfit. It's a plaid shirt. Oh, maybe we could do that for Like, yeah. Yeah. Belial and Gabriel. And then at the end of the night, I'll strip naked and run through the streets. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Next week, I, I tweeted about this. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to watch the movie White Noise. I've never seen it. This is, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. This trailer for this movie scared the shit out of me. I get, I haven't watched the trailer, literally since I saw the trailer before a movie. I haven't got, I'm, I'm terrified of it. I know that if I watch the trailer now, I'm sure it's not that scary, but I, I, I was also way too old to be that scared by it. I'm in my early 30s, do the math. <laughs> but the trailer scared the shit out of me. I've, Consequently, never seen this movie. It has a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. But it did well enough that it kind of, uh, I, I read that it was released in January, but did well enough to where studios were like, we could release horror movies in January. Wow, really? Because January is traditionally the yeah, dump where month. Every, yeah, where you just dump what, yeah, yeah, but they were like, yeah, why noise did well? We Interesting, just okay. So, yeah. You know, uh, when Scream comes out in January, we can thank White Noise. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I've never seen it, and there's no way it's going to be as scary as uh, the movie that I'm imagining in my head. So, there we go. I have no fucking... I, I've never fucking heard of this movie it's in Michael my life. Michael Keaton. Um, I saw that. I clicked the director's name, didn't recognize shit. It's uh, weird, because it almost kind of ties into, like, Gabriel can talk through electronics that was what the trailer was it was like these are real recordings that people have recorded of ghosts talking through like radio waves and Ooh. they were really creepy like real sounding recordings that oh it, it creeped me out big time no way the movie's that scary okay so that's that. Doing that all right all right cool oh yeah oh yeah follow dead meat on twitter and instagram and tiktok, and TikTok. at dead meat james uh you know, if you want to, if you want, let me just say right off the bat, the TikTok is not taking away from shit we're doing. It's literally just we hired a friend of ours to just make like weird mashups and great stuff content, of things yeah. that we have done for the podcast, and, whatever. It's and just, when when I mentioned it on Twitter, everyone was like, "Cool." And the the comments on TikTok, everyone's super cool. I posted it on YouTube. And the comments acted like I came over and murdered people's families. People said that they lost respect for yeah. me. People <laughs> said that they were disappointed in us. Yeah, they traitor. Traitor. Unreal. Was a like it's been kind of it's been an exciting day over here. Like holy. <laughs> like fuck. what? It's a social media platform. Yeah, we're not even making stuff for it. We're just having like reposts of stuff we've already there's, made. There's it's so much like people post so much dead meat shit on TikTok. It would be dumb to not post our own deadbeat yeah, stuff on TikTok. It's whatever, whatever. I'm uh, not that bothered by it. It's just getting like called cringe that many times in a day. It's like, all right, 
I'm gonna log off now. All right. <laughs> but yes, to, uh, I'm at Carebex, C A R E B C C on Twitter, Instagram. I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> um, until next week, though, I'm Chelsea. And I'm James. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast.